You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. God ordained has to do with the command or orders of God. God is sovereign. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. And when God speaks something, it manifests. God is the one that spoke the church into existence. It's important as saints to understand the difference between the true church and the false church. We cannot continue to say that Because it's not the wish of God for the true church and the false church to come together. The true church is a sanctified church. A sanctified church is a church that's filled with believers that have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. The sanctified church is a church of people that have the testimony that God called them out of sin into righteousness. And gave them a word that said basically to repent change your lifestyle and live according to my word that's the sanctified church people that receive Jesus as Savior and Lord repented of their sins changed their lifestyle and started living according to the word of God. Some churches are not like that. So we can't say that we are going to come together with with churches that don't believe in redemption. Don't believe in repentance. Don't believe in sanctification. We can't say that we are going to hook up with churches like that. If the truth be told, if we did so, we would be out of the will of God.
God expects his church not only to be a sanctified church, but a church that walks by faith. That lives by the word of God. A church that understands every definition of faith in reference to the scripture and acts accordingly. Tonight, the primary scripture that I want to deal with is 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 when it comes to faith. And, and the reason being because in the scripture or the verse, it reveals an antithesis to faith. Notice what 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says again. For we walk by faith, not by sight. The true church is going to live by faith, not by sight. It's obvious that when Paul penned the verse, that he was, he was not just talking about literal sight. Because literal sight is a good thing. I mean, I, I love the fact that I, that I can, I can see. Do you? That I have vision. But there are, there are three things that Paul was talking about in reference to sight concerning the text. And that's what I want you to allow to get in your spirit. The first thing is, as faith walkers, we can't continue to walk by the familiar. What we're used to. See that, that's the problem with a lot of saints. They continue to walk by the familiar. Well, I'm used to this. God trying to get better to you, but he can't get better because you're too caught up in the familiar. God is trying to get you out of that apartment into your own house. Trying to get you off that bicycle into a car. Trying to get you from living from paycheck to paycheck. But it's hard for him to do it. Because you have become attached to the familiar. You, you'll be amazed when, when, when certain messages come forth that, that as long as folks are familiar with the message and, and, have, and have been doing certain things in reference to it, that they are all for it. But let something or a message come forth that's going to challenge that same person. He or she acts completely different. In their mindset, I ain't never did that before. And, and see, this is the problem. You have folks that want to stay connected to the familiar, 
But they also want God to bless them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will you tell your neighbor for me, it's just not going to happen. In order for God to take you higher, you're going to have to sever some relationships. You're going to have to lay aside some sin as well as some weight in order for God to do some amazing things for you. And you can procrastinate and hold on to the familiar. But let me say to you, as long as you do so, you're going to reap what you sow. Or, you go, or you're going to say in that same place. And I don't know about you. I don't want to stay in the same place. I, I, I don't want to continue to receive the same thing. Because my understanding as a child of God is that there are higher heights and there are deeper depths in the Lord. I understand what Jesus meant when he talked about the good measure, the press down, the shaker together, and the running over. And I thank God for the good measure. But I want some of that running over stuff. I want some of that press down stuff. I want some of what Jesus promised he would give his church. You'll be surprised at some folks that have got used to being the tail even though God has promised them that they could be the head. They become familiar. And just hang on. They walk by sight of the familiar instead of faith. The second thing. Is. Our sight is when people. Stay in tradition. That they need to come out of. You know tradition can be a good thing. If it's connected to the word of God. But but when tra- tradition is, is something that you continue to do. That that particular thing originated from a sinner. Originated from somebody that really didn't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. It's time to let that tradition go. I mean, you, you, you will hear folks say certain things out of their mouth. And it's basically them speaking a tradition. A custom that has been passed down, whether by the family or by somebody in the church. You you take a place of refuge, church I passed, this church. There are members that are stuck in some traditions that they got from a member of this church. And will not let it go. Just holding on to that tradition. And you can tell the person that's holding on to that tradition 
because their productivity is not evident in any aspect of life. But what is evident is stagnation. And if you look close, you'll see that the stagnation is going to turn into decrease because of tradition. Holding on to something. Holding on to tradition. Again, whether something that was handed down by your family or a member of the church. Just do your best. That's all you can do. That's a traditional saying. You can only do what you can do. Don't, don't try to do no more than what you can do. Just, 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 just do what you can do. You have folk in the church that, that would talk about healing, but the moment they get a splitting headache, they run to the medicine cabinet. Why? Tradition. Now you don't preach all that, all that healing, pastor. And felt a little something in your ankle. Any Tylenol in that? Where you get that from? Well, that's just what I do. That's tradition. And, and, and one of the worst traditions in the church is, is, is folk that continue to give dollars. Hold, hold on now before you get mad at me. That are in need of abundance. Pastor, just keep praying. The Lord, Lord, Lord knows I need a financial blessing and put two dollars in the offering and leave the church and spend ten at rhymes but want the pastor to pray that's tradition it's a tradition where you have folks at, at probably every church represented in here that they will give minimum even though they're asking God for this huge blessing and will leave the church and go spend money like they got a pocket full of it. And you be like, how in the world can she put $2 on the altar talking about how she need God to move for her financially and then pay for everybody meal at poor folk. Say to your neighbor, there's something wrong with that. And what it is, is tradition. And the church just, just used to doing certain things, but expecting God to cause a financial explosion in your life, and it ain't going to happen. 
I never forget God told me, he said, Walker, if you expect my bounty, the way you've been talking it, you've been confessing all of this stuff, but Walker, faith will thou works is dead being alone. That ain't no real faith that you are exemplifying. Walker, if you got real faith, you're not only going to hear my word, you're not only going to receive my word, but you're going to put my word into action. Tradition is sight, not faith. When that tradition is not connected to the Word of God. And the final thing sight represents is what's popular. You know, something can be popular but wrong. Something can be popular and look godly, but it's wrong. You have to know the difference. And you have to be prepared to separate yourself. Because if you are truly God's church and you're sanctified, sanctified folk know how to walk away from stuff. When a sanctified person discerns that this right here is not of God and, and, and they are genuine, they're going to cut that thing completely off. Yeah, it's popular. A whole lot of folks doing it, but I ain't going to get caught up into that because it's not of God. Well, pastor so-and-so do it, so? It still ain't right. Well, even Bishop so-and-so, and he got such and such members, so? Say to your neighbor, so? It still ain't right. Let every man be a liar. And let God be true. So, so get this. If I'm walking by sight, it means that I'm walking by what is popular, by what is tradition, and what's the final one? Familiar. And say to your neighbor, I have to examine myself. And act accordingly. Because see, the problem with walking by sight is that sight is limited and it will not always be effective. It's limited and it will not always be effective. But I want to show you what Paul said. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. I want to look at that last sentence in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. I think I done lost some of my audience. But I still love you. 
Consider, consider the last sentence, 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. For the things which are seen are help me. See, sight is what? Sight is what? It's limited. It's limited. And eventually it will lose its effect. You won't get the same results. That, that, that's the reason, even when it comes to your giving, you need to change up. You start out giving and you see an effect. But if you continue giving that same thing sooner or later, it's going to lose its effect. Why? Because God is a God that expects his people to be progressive. And if, and if he recognizes that you're continuing to do the same thing, that says to him that you're not living by faith, you're living by sight. I'm used to doing this and this is what I've been doing, so this is where I'm going to stay. But he, he is looking for a progressive church, a progressive person, somebody that, that's going to see the need to go from one realm to another realm, to another realm, to another realm, and so forth. Old folk used to say, every round in God goes higher. And that's true. Every round goes higher. But the biggest problem with, with sight, based upon 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, is that it's not eternal. Look, look, at, look at the verse again before I deal with, with it in totality. Last sentence of 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. For the things which are seen are, but the things which are not seen are, the things that are not seen are what? The things that are not seen are. Now understand what he's talking about. He's saying that when I walk by faith, that I'm walking in the eternal or I'm walking in God. Because God and the eternal are synonymous. That, that's the reason God just ain't going to give you no life. He going to give you eternal life. God is always going to do beyond the familiar. He's always going to break tradition. How can you say that? His ways are not as the ways of man. How different are they? As high as the heavens are from the earth. So are his ways. So are his thoughts. He's going to break it. Because he's going to operate in the eternal. And, and, and when it speaks about the unseen, he's not talking about the invisible. He's talking about what sight can't touch. The familiar can't touch certain things. 
The familiar can't touch the impossible. But with God, all things are possible. My check can't touch the impossible because my check is limited. But if I give God his money out of my check as well as a thank you gift, he will open up the door to the impossible and cause me to see what my natural eyes have not seen. My natural ears have not heard. Neither have entered into my heart. He wants me to enter into the realm of faith So I can start living in the unseen. That place that's untouchable for folks that continue to walk in the familiar tradition and what's popular. I've got to go beyond that. I've got to go beyond that because God promised that he was going to do certain things for people that walk by faith. Promise he was going to open up certain doors if folks just, just walk by faith. Because faith is something that causes God to be pleased. It causes God to smile upon the church. It causes God to release benefits and blessings. That's the reason Hebrews 11 and 6 decrees without faith it is impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God Watch people that have the boldness to think according to the word, to talk according to the word, and to walk according to the word. God will reward faith walkers. God will reward folks that stand on his word despite a report. That stand on his word despite what's popular. That stand on his word and decree that he's going to do it because he's not a man that he should lie, not the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Say to your neighbor, he'll make it good. He'll do it for a faith walker. He will make it good for a faith walker. He will make it good for somebody that's fed up with the familiar, fed up with tradition, fed up with the popular, and just trusting that his word is going to do what it does. And his word is awesome because once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him and void. When you walk by faith, you move God. You move God. And so 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says that, that we are to walk by faith, not by sight. I got to walk by this faith. That's the reason your connection with your past is important. Oh, y'all didn't have to shout about it. It's true anyhow. True anyway. Oh, God, preach to somebody your connection with your past is important. 
faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I can't get hooked up with no jack leg. I can't get hooked up with no wannabe. I can't get hooked up with nobody talking about they done been called and going to have a trial sermon. The devil is a liar. Give me somebody that done been sent. Give me somebody that God done drenched in the anointing. Give me somebody that know how to fall on their face and seek the face of God and get a word that's tailored for me so that when I show up on Sunday mad and disgusted, that word will come forth and it will destroy every single yoke of bondage as well as empower me to leave the church living according to the will of God. Is that the type word you want? I find three folks that say your connection with your pastor is important. Yeah, you're going to get mad at your pastor, but you better keep that relationship. That's a relationship you don't want to sever. Yeah, you're going to get upset when the word steps on your toes. But you better not leave no anointed church. You better not leave a place that God has placed you in because that's where you get your rhema. Say to your neighbor, you got to stay connected to your preacher. Because the preacher is the one that's going to give you your rhema. Surely the Lord God will do nothing lest he reveal his secret, his word unto his servants. The prophet, your pastor is your house prophet. Alright, sit down, sit down. Listen to this. God expects his children to recognize their rhema word. He expects his children to receive revelation that comes from God. Get this, through your preaching. It starts with God. God gives it to your anointed man or woman of God. And he or she releases it into your being. Jesus wanted to know if his disciples were receiving revelation. Wanted to know if if they understood that it was a difference between folk that just heard him preach and them who he was teaching how to receive a word, how to walk according to the will of God. And so he asked them, who do men say that I am? He said, well, they, they think you one of the prophets. Then he asked, but who do you say that I am? You could tell that that, that Peter had sanctified himself. Sanctified himself enough to understand revelation. He said, you, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
And so Jesus turned around and he said to Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. You didn't get that from man. I know some of your kinfolk are preachers, but you didn't get that from them. But you got that revelation from the father, the patar. You, you got that revelation from the one that orchestrates or initiates the word in heaven that will soon come down to earth. Isaiah said it, said it a little better in Isaiah 55. He, he talked about how the word coming down was just like water. How that water will come from heaven. But it has an aim down on earth. And when it comes from heaven and it hits earth, it does not miss the target. The rain hits the target to the point to where it causes the ground to get saturated with water. And the water goes down into the root system of the plant. And it causes that plant to come forth. And he turned around and he said, that's the same way my word is. I send my word to the earth. I send my word to a sent one. And the sent one releases my word. And it's going to hit a target. Say to your neighbor, somebody going to receive the word of God. Now you got a whole lot of folk. They come to church to socialize. They come to church to see what folk wearing. And they, and they ain't got no problem with you coming to church socializing. Seeing what somebody wear. But, but before all of that. You need to be coming to the church for a word. Lord, I'm talking to my faith walkers again. I, I, I got to know how, how many come to church to get your rhema week in and week out. Say to your neighbor, I come to the church to get my rhema. Oh God, some of y'all don't mean that. If you mean it, tell somebody, I, I'm telling you the truth. I come to church. To get my rain. How many really mean that? And so so listen. After Jesus told Peter. Well he got the revelation. He then revealed to him the power of receiving. A word. Of revelation. He said to him, upon this rock, upon the revelation that you receive, I'm going to build my church. He was speaking in reference to the church from two standpoints. First, 
from an individual standpoint. Because when we look at ourselves, we are the temple of the living God. But he was also looking at it from a corporate standpoint. Because when, when God sends forth his word, yes, he will give it to an individual if, if the individual is the only one that wants it. But it is the intent of God when he gives a word to your pastor to feed everybody in the church. When God, re- hold your claps, when God releases a word through your pastor, it is not with the intent for just brother so-and-so to receive it and put it into action and be blessed. It is the wish of God for every born again blood-washed child of God to receive it, apply to his or her life and be blessed accordingly. But often you have hits and misses because though the word hits the target, you have some that will duck. Some that will move aside. Why? They don't want it. Do you know when your pastor challenges you to give, he, if, if he is a bona fide pastor, he's not challenging you to give so he can line his pockets with money, but he's doing it for your sake. Paul had to explain to the church of Philippi, I, I, I thank you for the gift that you have sent me. It was a sweet smelling savor. It was an aroma well pleasing. Get this, to God. But then he turned around and he told them, basically, but it was for your benefit. I'm glad you did it because it was not something that was... Ultimately for my benefit. But it was for your benefit. It was for your benefit because what you have done it has moved heaven. And then he told him in Philippians 4 and 19. And my God shall supply. What? Oh! But Paul, we, we just gave you enough to, to have while you were in jail. But my God shall supply. When you give an offering that God put on your heart to give, God in turn will cause something to come your way that will be enough to cover everything that you need. Hold your claps. Because you may not like what I'm about to say. How many blessings have you missed? For not obeying your man of God when he challenged you to give. Looking at sight, talking about Wonder why he asking for that? He don't usually. Trying to determine why he asking for it instead of recognizing if he bona fide. 
He's doing it for your benefit. I don't know about you, when I look at scripture and, and I look when a person does it according to scripture, giving is going to benefit you. Give and it shall be. God loves a cheerful. You sow sparingly, you'll reap. Abundantly, you'll reap. And so, it has to be to the point to where when a revelation comes forth, that you have to receive it and act accordingly. In my clothes. Paul understood the revelation of God. And this is what he said in Romans 1, 16 and 17. Well, matter of fact, I want to read it because I want you to see something that I, that I, that I really need to deal with. Because it's evident that this happens in the church. Go there with me. First, Romans, the first chapter, 16th verse. Paul said, but I am not ashamed of the gospel of what? I am not ashamed of the gospel of what? Now this is what I want to deal with before I move further. See, there are some folk that have a problem receiving the gospel of revelation because they are ashamed of it. Now now notice what he's doing. He's telling the church that he's not ashamed of the gospel. If a preacher tells a church that he's not ashamed of the gospel, the implication is that someone within the congregation has a problem with the good news. Someone in the congregation has been regretful in reference to the good news of Jesus. They'll they'll say things like, you you know, I tried giving, but it didn't. (laughs) You know, I gave and been waiting, but ain't nothing. So now they step back in their giving because they consider something to be wrong with the gospel. Everybody else shouting about God saying better is here and better is coming. But, but, but they're in their seat like. And in their mind, I heard something just like this before. And it didn't work for me. And see, that's what Paul was saying. That, that is some of you that, that you have stopped being moved by the gospel. So revelation is no longer important to you. You, you. you don't even have to use the bathroom, but because you get so fed up with what's being said, you'll stick up your hand and just walk out on a word of revelation. You, you, you'll start talking to your neighbor on a word of revelation. What's the problem? Your shame. And see, Paul had to clarify why he was not ashamed. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation is threefold. It means deliverance, protection, and prosperity. 
For it is the power of God unto salvation. But, but get this, to everyone that believes, synonymous with faith, have faith. See, whenever you even say you, you tried giving, but it didn't work for you, it's evident that you are a sight person. You gave, but you did so out of sight. I'm going to see if it works. That's what traditional folk do. They, they are tried to see if it works. But a person of faith don't try to see if it works. They know it works. And see, when you try to see if it works, that ain't moving God to open up them when the poor, you out of blessing. Say to your neighbor, God ain't asking you to try. God wants his children to know that it works. But if you don't know that it works and operate in faith, you will be ashamed of the gospel. You will be ashamed of revelation. But notice he went on to say in verse 17 of Romans 1, For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. See, God will give you a word and he'll break it down to you. He will cause the steps to come forth. And when you walk from faith to faith or from step to step, you will little by little start experiencing the blessings of God. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from what? Faith to faith. And then he closes out, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. When I hear it, I just keep walking in it. And as I walk in giving, I'm going to become more prosperous. And as I become more prosperous, I'm going to give more and more. Why? Because that's what faith does. Faith causes you to continue to do more. Because you never want to get to the point to where you limit yourself or, or you limit what's taking place. Because when you limit yourself or you limit what's taking place, it says that you're back to square one. You're back to walking by sight and not living by faith. And that's not what God wants for his church. God wants his church to live Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.